0: We are uh, so excited to be able to continue in our next, our series here, Changing Neighborhoods. And if you have just joined us uh, for this series, um, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. I know I've mentioned that before, uh, and I say that often because we mean that, that we're so grateful that you're with us here. And so this morning, um, we're going to do a quick 30-second recap of where we've been. And then we're going to take the the next moment to see where we are going this morning. And so as we've been in this Changing Neighborhoods series, the whole idea of it came from me and my wife changing neighborhoods from Upland, California to Poway, California, uh, to take the job here and and to build new community and and get connected. And so we thought about this idea of what would it look like, because we changed neighborhoods because we moved our address, but what would it look like if we as a church, we as the body believers, were changing our neighborhoods not because we just Moved our address, but because we want to address how God wants to move and how God wants to work in and through us to be a light in a dark place, to be a city on a hill that can't be hidden and to be able to, to allow the San Diego County area to know the hope and the love and the life that comes in Jesus Christ. And so uh, we started off kind of talking about getting involved in your city, taking action, not just staying on the sidelines, but but taking action and praying for the prosperity and, and the hope of the city. We also talk, Then we talked about compassion, that what it looks like to just be someone who we may not have much to offer, but we offer the small thing that we have to God, whatever that may be, whether it's our time or our talents or whatever that may be. And God can take that, he can bless that, he can break that, and he can multiply that. Then we started talking about uh, some of the insecurities that we have and our idea of changing neighborhoods through serving and rejecting those insecurities and recognizing that in God that we are enough, that he's formed you, that you are wonderful works. We know that full well. And so we recognize that a part of it is to be able to step out of our insecurities and start serving. And then last week, we started talking about walking with those in need, how we just we talked about the, the those who bore that stretcher, the four friends in the Gospel of Mark that brought their friend who was paralyzed to the feet of Jesus, and how they walked with him, they bore his burden, they came alongside him, and how we, too, have the opportunity to come alongside, to bear burdens, and to bring people who are maybe paralyzed, and it could be physical, but it could also be emotional or spiritual, um, and we bring them to the feet of Jesus, recognizing that we can't, on our own power, do anything and heal, but we can bring them to the one who can. And so that's where we've been so far in this series. And this morning, we're going to talk about the idea of changing neighborhoods through sacrificial generosity. And so with that on our minds, let us pray as we dive into God's Word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, uh, Lord, for the fact that you are the giver of all good gifts. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that god the earth is yours and everything in it and so lord we we recognize that you've given us so much And Lord, I pray that we would be generous in the same way that you've been generous to us. And I thank you for the generosity of our church in multiple different ways, God, as we want to continue to change this neighborhood for you. And so, Lord, I pray that in this time I would decrease, that you would increase, that you would speak to each of us in an incredible, powerful, mighty way. And that you would get the glory and that we would have our eyes, ears, and hearts open to what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about this idea of sacrificial generosity. And so the way I wanted to start this off is to be able to talk through something that my daughter Shaylin would do um, a couple years ago where she, uh, if you've ever seen just the heart of a child and who just wants to be able to give back. And so what she did a few, uh, a few years ago is uh, we have these uh, boxes and she would just bring like a, a washcloth, put a rubber band over it. She's like, daddy, I want to give you something. I'm like, awesome, honey. What is it? And so you'd open it up, and then it's things like, you know, just a random man that is part of our train set. You know, she's like, Daddy, I want to give you something. And I'm like, great. What is it, honey? And you look at it, and it's like, oh, that's a that's a gold ankylosaurus. That's pretty fancy. Um, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but she wants to be a paleontologist, so I better get it right. Um, And then you get the last one, and it's like, Daddy, I want to give you something. And then it's like, oh, it's like a little Yoda keychain. Now. I have to be honest, these were not the exact gifts, but it represents the gifts, and so I just want to be clear. Um, But these are things that she would give, and she was so excited that she would take the time, you know, to find the box and to put them in and to wrap them up with washcloths, and she would just be like, Daddy, I want to give you something. And it's one of those, too, where you think about just this heart of this child that just wants to give back uh, to someone that they love. And recognizing that, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, finances or hours spent or any of these things, like there's no way that our daughter Shaylin can, can outgive us, can give um, enough to, to equate what we've done, right? And that's not the point. Because the point is, even though she can't outgive us, don't we as parents, don't we as family members, don't we as grandparents, don't we love it when they try? That they recognize that This idea of just giving to us, even if it's something that may seem small, we just give it, and when we are the recipients of that generosity, when we are the recipients of that kind of just overwhelming, just someone wants to give something with no strings attached, but they just want to give back, it's this moment that we see the heart of God, and it's a moment in which we recognize that we too have this opportunity to just be able to give back, and it may seem small, it may not seem like a lot, but... What did we talk about with Mother Teresa a few weeks ago? That with three shillings, Teresa can do nothing. But with God and three shillings, there's nothing that Teresa can't do. And this idea that through sacrificial generosity, it's something that we see the heart of wanting to give back because we have been given so much. That we recognize that my daughter, she cannot outgive me, but I sure love it when she tries. And this idea that God knows that no matter what we give, We can't ever truly outgive him, but I guarantee you from the heart of a father, he loves it when we try. And we recognize that maybe for some of you, you were the recipient of generosity. And so you can think back, and when was the last time that someone just was generous to you? Maybe it was someone that bought you a meal. Maybe it was someone who helped you pay for a car um, breakdown of the mechanic. Maybe it's somebody who just wrote you a really kind note and just threw that generosity of words. Maybe it's someone who spent time with you and through the generosity of their time. Maybe it's just someone who sincerely said, I prayed for you, and you're a re- recipient of that generosity. But... Think about that, and then think about the other side of that coin. When was the last time that you were the provider of great generosity? And the truth is, it's often easier to talk about receiving generosity and receiving that than giving it, right? Because one is like, oh my gosh, this is the blessing that God is able to to do. And for others, on the other side, it's like, ah, this is a little hard. You know, there's a, you may have heard the story of a Sunday school teacher that was in her class with eight uh, 10-year-old kids. And they started talking about missions, and they started talking about missionaries, specifically, and so they said, How many of you would pay a million dollars If you had a million dollars, would you give it to missionaries? And the kids are like, Yes! 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 How many of you, if you had a thousand dollars, would you give it to missionaries? And they said, Yes! 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 How many of you, if you had a hundred dollars, would you give to missionaries? And they're all screaming Yes! 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 And If you had one dollar, how many would you give it to missionaries? And seven of the eight said Yes! 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 And the teacher notices this and, and, and looks to Johnny and says, Johnny, how come uh, you didn't say yes, yes, yes? And he's clenching his pocket and he says, because teacher, I actually have a dollar. <laughs> and we see that this idea of this generosity is something that we, that we want to do and we love that idea. But when it comes to actually doing it, there's a little bit of a tension there. Because the tension we feel is we want to give, we want to meet a need, but it's hard to actually give, and not just give uh, normally, but to give sacrificially, to give to a point where we recognize that in order for us to be able to give, and for order, in order for us to have our meets, needs then met, God is gonna have to move in an incredible way. But that is the kind of God that we serve, that we recognize that we can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. And so as you are um, diving into the word together, we're gonna be in 2 Corinthians 9, and we're going to start on page uh, 1801 in the church Bible, 1801. If you are have your phone or if you brought your Bible with you, uh, that's awesome as well and we're going to be 2 Corinthians 9 starting in verse 6. And so as we do that, the first note for you uh, on your notes there is just this, this truth that we can't outgive God. We can't outgive him that Randy Alcorn, the author, says it this way. God is the greatest giver in the universe, and he won't let you outgive him. That For those of us that we've had an opportunity to give, and, and we think, okay, I'm just going to outgive God. I'm just going to keep giving back, that he always finds a way to still meet our needs, and he always finds a way to provide generously when people give generously. So let's look at this together. Uh, we're going to read 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 to begin with. And Paul says this, remember this. "'Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, "'and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. "'Each of you should give what you have decided "'in your heart to give, not reluctantly "'or under compulsion, or because the pastor tells you, um, "'for God loves a cheerful giver. "'And God is able to bless you abundantly, "'so that in all things, at all times, "'having all that you need, "'you will abound in every good work. "'As it is written, "'they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, "'their righteousness endures forever.' Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So we recognize that we can't outgive God, but we also recognize this because we know we can't outgive God, because his love for us, his provision for us, his generosity towards us, that he's already the greatest giver in all the universe. He gave us breath this morning. He gave us life. He gave us life eternal through Jesus Christ. He gave us everything. And if he gave us nothing else, we would be able to say that he is the most generous giver in all time. But with that being said, because we can't outgive God, we are able to give in three different ways. One, we're able to give generously. That is, uh, verse 8 talks about, that you sow what you reap. If you sow sparingly and you only give a little bit, then you only reap a little bit. Now, if you sow generously, you will reap generously. You know, there's a, the, that word miser, someone who holds on to something. There's a reason I heard a pastor say why uh, the word miser and miserable and misery are all coming from the same word, that when we hold on to something, we've been meant with what we've been given not to hold it on and hoard it to ourselves, but what we've been given, we're meant to be able to give back. We're meant to be able to use that for God's glory that we recognize here in America. We have far greater wealth than the vast majority of people in the world. And so we have the opportunity through some of our missionary partners to be able to give back to areas globally that need help and that we could come alongside in the great work that they're doing in the same way that there's things locally that we want to have an impact on. and And we'll touch on those in a few moments. But this idea that Andy Stanley says it this way, no strings attached compassion and generosity. No strings attached compassion and generosity. Just giving for the sake of giving and having compassion for the sake of compassion. Those two things became the hallmark of the first century church. That we look at Acts 2 and we talk about how people came together and they sold their possessions. Acts 4, same idea, they came together, they sold their possessions to make sure that those within their body were not without need, or not with need, I'm sorry, and so that they were able to match those needs, that we see this idea that they were so generous and they have so much compassion that that is what stuck out the most in the beginning first century church. That was the hallmark of what they were known for. So because we know we can't outgive God, we recognize that we give generously. Verse 9 shows us the next thing, that we not only give generously, but we give cheerfully. And so we recognize that we, we decide in our hearts, but not with reluctantly, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but that God loves a cheerful giver. And, and let me be, you know, let me just dive into this a little bit that, that because we say decide in your heart what to give and give cheerfully, that's not a reason not to give because you say, oh, I can't give cheerfully, right? Like we don't say, hey, I, I, the reason I don't give is because, you know, I have so much stress, I have so much debt, I have so much going on that I can't give cheerfully. Therefore, I'm not going to give it all. Rather, what it's telling us is this idea that when we remember how much God has given us, when we remember that God says that he'll give us our daily bread, that Proverbs 30, when it talks about that he prays that we don't have too much so that we would forget God and we don't have too little so that we would steal and dishonor his name, but give us our daily bread, that we recognize that because he's given us our daily bread and because he provides for our needs, that we are able to give cheerfully, cheerfully, not because we always see how the bottom line is going to work out and not because we always see how that's going to you know, affect our 401ks or it's going to affect our retirement, how it's going to affect our checking account. But because we recognize that as we give to God faithfully and prayerfully to meet the needs of other people and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he is faithful to provide. Now, let, let me be clear as well. Am I saying that, am I, am I preaching a health and wealth prosperity gospel? No not saying that if you go and you give, uh, you know, $1, you're going to get $10 guaranteed. Because what it talks about is that what we get in return, the, the reaping that we have after we sow the seeds is not always financial. It talks about how it's good works, it's generosity, it's all these different things that we receive more than just more money on our account when we give money. Now, there are times when financial generosity happens, of course, But what I'm saying, and and, and I don't want you to walk out and say, well, he said that, you know, if we give, we're going to get money. Because the truth of the matter is, is that the money that we would receive is far, far more insignificant than the blessings that we receive when we honor God. That you and I are not going to be sitting in heaven and comparing uh, how much money we had. Thank the Lord, right? (laughs) But what we're going to do is be able to look and say, hey, the money fell to the wayside, but but the good deeds, the the fact that you, through generosity, might open up a door for someone who doesn't know God to come to know him. Because if compassion and generosity can become the hallmarks of the first century church, perhaps compassion and generosity can continue to be the hallmark of the church and Pomerano Christian Church as we move forward as well, as that's been such a great legacy here. So we talk about this idea of giving generously. We talk about this idea of giving cheerfully, Recognize that once again, once we see how much God has given to us, we recognize that we can give back, that, that amounts of all the things that we've given to our daughter is the fact that she just wants to give something back. And yes, that can be tough to give something back, but giving that back is an act of worship, it's an act of faith, it's an act of trust, and it's an act of recognizing that God is above and sovereign over all things, and so we can trust him. But we can also give back confidently. Verses 8 talks about how we can abound in... Uh, just, uh, let's just read it, because I love this verbiage here. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Paul's not necessarily known for his subtlety. He's going here, he's talking about how, how much he's able to bless us abundantly. Again, not purely financially, but in all things, having all that we need, not always all that we want, right? But having all that we need, we will abound in every good work. And the idea of verse 10, how he says that he will supply all that we need and that the idea that it will crease and store our, our of seed and will enlarge the harvest of righteousness. And then verse 11 when it talks about how we'll be enriched in every way so you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now, through us, and through the generosity, people will give thanksgiving to God. So, what we want to learn today is the idea that we can't outgive God, but He loves it when we try. But the why is because by giving generously to God and by giving generously to those in need, by giving generously to our neighborhood and thus changing our neighborhoods, people will want to know more about this God because they'll see the body of Christ. Giving sacrificially and having compassion and generosity with no strings attached, and that will become the hallmark of the church. And so, again, we talk about this idea that we can't outgive God, but then the next part of your points there says, But then He loves it when we try. So, if you're noticing a theme, it's that like, we can't outgive God, but He loves it when we try. We can't outgive God, but He loves it when we try. Now, why is it important to try? Now, I know uh, a week from today is Mother's Day, and so I guarantee that there will be uh, moms in this room or grandmas in this room that will receive handmade something uh, from their kids or their grandkids, right? Whether it's a card, whether it's, uh, I don't know, a painting, whether it's a frame, it'll be something. And it's, again, one of those where it's a small token of appreciation, but, but you look at it and you say, you know, I know that my, my son or my daughter or my grandson or my granddaughter, they made this for me. And so this is something that means a lot to me. And so as moms, it would be way worse if we just said, well, you know what? They can't uh, give back to me because of how, much, how hard our labor was, how hard delivery was. They can't give back to me because of how many hours I've lost uh, of sleep. They can't give back to me because of how many meals I've prepared, how many notes I've written. And so you know what? I'd rather them not even try. No, the fact that we receive these gifts, the fact that you all will receive uh, some sort of gift from your children shows you, again, this is the heart of generosity, saying, I know I can't outgive you, and I know I can't give you more than you've given to me, but I want to try. Because by trying, it shows my trust, it shows my love, it shows my appreciation, and as we celebrate Mother's Day in in a week, it's an opportunity for us to remember the fact that, that A mother's love reflects the love of God in so many different ways, so many deep and rich ways. And so when we think about that, we want to make sure that we too are able to acknowledge the same way that a child can't ever outgive a mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. We as moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas would love it when they try. So we can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. Now by trying, your notes there uh, say by trying, we're able to do... Three things for the glory of God and to build his kingdom. So by trying, first, we supply the needs of others. By trying, we supply the needs of others. Let's read verses 12 through 15 together. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you approved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity and sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So by trying, the first thing that we do is we're able to supply for the needs of others. We're able to supply for the needs of others. That Generosity goes beyond the needs of God's people. It will overflow in expressions of thanking God. I want to read a letter that, an email rather, that uh, Pastor Evan received um, right before he retired from Abraxas High School. If you don't know, uh, there is a, uh, a group of, of volunteers here that um, put together meals and they deliver them and, and it's just an incredible, incredible thing to reach a school that's just right down the street from us. And, and here's something that I just want to share with you as we talk about supplying the needs of others by trying to outgive God, here is the way that expressions of thanksgiving can come. And so... This is an email sent at the end of March. It says, good morning, Pastor Foote. Sending a heartfelt thank you to Pomerano Christian for the food ministry that gives support daily to students at Abraxas High School and definitely meets an unmet need, sorry. Abraxas serves our community as an alternative education option for teens from across Poway Unified School District and from outside the district. Our school is a stable support for many students trying to stay in school and on track while earning their education. As of this winter, 12% of our students are in an unstable living situation or transitional housing. Other students are working through a challenging home life situation. Among our student population, over 40% of students and families qualify for supplemental food assistance. But because we are a small school, we do not meet criteria for PUSD food and nutrition to be on campus for morning break, only for lunch. So please, let your caring, and supportive church membership know that the weekly donation of groceries, not only the donation but also the gift of volunteer time and shopping and delivery to campus, allows us to have available staple, nutritious morning break and lunch options in the Student Safe Center on campus. It also provides our students a sense of caring and support from the community as they are aware that our church does all of this to support them. Again, thank you for your support and outreach for Abraxis. That's right down the street. That's, that's the opportunity we have by giving to change neighborhoods. That we recognize that there are children, or students, I should say, down the street that, that don't have enough food for, for school, and then the school is too small to be able to have all the, all the financial ability for a food program from the school district. And so we, as a church, and specifically the team members that are doing that, and the volunteers, are meeting a need Through generosity, through sacrificial generosity, sacrificial both in time, using gifts, but also financially as well. And so when I say we want to be people that are doing this, that doesn't mean we haven't already been doing this. That when a need has been asked for, I know just having been here for a few months that I've had many people say one thing our church does, that when there is a need, we will rise up to meet that need. That's a beautiful thing, church. That's a beautiful thing. And that we have the opportunity by doing that to have an impact and to change our neighborhoods. And so, by trying, we supply the needs of others. By trying, the next point there is that we help others to praise God. Because of the service of generosity, as First 13 talks about, people will praise God for your obedience and true confession of Christ. Now, 2 Corinthians 9.13, I want to read in the New Century version. And I believe that was the one that was on your uh, bulletin on the front cover. And it says it this way: it is a proof of your faith. Many people will praise God because you obey the good news of Christ, the gospel you say you believe, and because you fi- sorry, you freely share with them and with all others. So this is how we change neighborhoods through generosity, through sacrificial generosity. Is that we give not out of compulsion, but we give generously, we give cheerfully, we give confidently. We give so that we could supply needs of other people. We give so that people would recognize, okay, there's something different about them, and they would begin to praise God. As Matthew five sixteen talks about, that they would see our good deeds and that they would praise our Heavenly Father for those deeds. Not that they would give Palmerado Christian Church credit, but they give God glory. And so we want to be able to continue to be a church that does that. And Andy Stanley, again, he says uh, something like this. He says, while we may be criticized for what we believe, we should be famous for our compassion and generosity. That while we may be criticized for what we believe, we should be famous for our compassion and generosity. There there would be people who say, you know what? 1 Peter 2 talks about this too, that they may try to mock us or they may try to tear us down, but they would see our good deeds and they wouldn't be able to help but giving God glory and recognizing, you know, I don't always believe what they say, and I don't always agree with them, but I will tell you something. The church, and they are compassionate, they are generous. So for us, as the church, not just Pomerado Christian Church, but as the people of the church, may we live lives of compassion and generosity. Because in so doing, the last point we have for you is that we confess the gospel of Jesus by, being, by trying to outgive God. We confess the gospel of Jesus. That verse 15 talks about this idea of, of, he closes this whole section with thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And we recognize that we are never more like God than when we give. And that's best evidence as God as the, a father, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That while we were sinners, he, he gave his son by demonstrating his own love for, is, for us in this. That while we were still sinners, he sent jesus to die for us and so we look at these points and and i know that we've talked about sacrificial generosity i know that some of you are probably thinking now but yes that sounds great but you don't know my financial situation and you're right and you say hey that sounds good and i want to help but i don't know how i'm going to be able to make ends meet and i and i understand but through this passage this isn't a guilt trip This isn't an opportunity for for you to say, oh man, the pastor just talked about money today and it it was rough and all those things. This is an opportunity for us to hopefully, prayerfully, open our eyes to how generous God has been to us, how much we are like God when we give, and this idea that we want to be able to recognize that we can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. So this coming week, for the next seven days, I want to just provide a, a little bit of a challenge for you, okay, for me as well over the next seven days that you would have your eyes open to opportunities to be generous, above and beyond what you normally do. Perhaps for something, it's, it's maybe if you, uh, for younger people, maybe it's washing your parents' car. Maybe it's the idea of being able to bring a meal to someone who is ill. Maybe it's the idea of being able to give a homeless person, the same homeless person that you see on the same corner every single day, that you put together a bag that has some food, some hygiene products, uh, maybe a Bible in there, and you intentionally show them that you thought about them and you brought them something that would last not just their physical needs, but hopefully their spiritual needs as well. Maybe you send an anonymous card to someone that you know is going through a tough time, and, and inside of it you put a gift card for groceries. Or maybe you provide a gift card for a meal especially for maybe parents that are having a rough time or, or for family members that are going through bereavement, maybe you would have an opportunity to pay for someone's car repair. Maybe it's something where you just leave an extra large tip at the restaurant that you go to this afternoon and just let the server know that you're praying for them. I don't know what that opportunity is for you, but whatever it is, whatever opportunity presents itself to be generous, I just challenge us to take that opportunity. And it might not be easy, but we are never more like God than when we give. And we recognize that we cannot outgive God, but He loves it when we try. And so, as we step out in generosity and as we step out to reach those who are hurting and having a difficult time, it provides us an opportunity to supply the needs of other people, help other people praise God, confess the gospel of Christ through our obedience. And it allows us to truly have this opportunity to change our neighborhoods. Now I want to close with a story that um, several years ago, my college ministry that uh, me and a friend we led together, there was a night where we couldn't meet on our campus because there was another event that was booked. We had a little over 100 people there uh, in our college ministry. And so there was $500 that um, the church said, hey, you know what, there's, a, there's a, a college down the street, a Christian university. Why don't you go there and you can go ahead and... Um, $500 will allow you to rent the room for the night and you know, have service right down the street. You know, it'll be really easy. You know, uh, just, we need to have these people over. And so our team came together and we thought, you know, that's, that's great. Um, we can do that. But what if instead we took that $500 and we got it cashed out? And in envelopes, we put $5 in 100 different envelopes. And what we did when they came in is we said, hey, listen. We're going to give you this $5, but this $5 is an opportunity for you to bless someone tonight. So it was during finals. And so some people, they, for, they took their $5 and they went and they put up. Uh, Scantrons and blue books and like energy drinks and they put it to, they went to APU, which is our university, but they went there and they provided those for people studying. Other people they went to like Kohl's or, or other department stores where it's the Christmas season and they're exhausted and they've probably been dealing with people who had been difficult all day. And some people took those five dollars and then just bought them a Starbucks drink and just let them know that that no strings attached, generosity. Now for some of them, the five dollars was enough for them to give, and they got to do that. For others, the $5 was just the tip of the generosity avalanche, or the snowflake that caused, that caused the avalanche, the tip of the iceberg, because what happened was, is that there was one who they showed up um, at Walmart, and they found out that uh, this mom needed to buy some, some diapers and blankets, and so they went, and they went above and beyond their $5 to provide. There was another one where they found out that a, there was a woman who was pregnant and she was at the gas station and she didn't have enough money. She thought she had money to pay for gas and she didn't have enough. And so here come these college students who were broke, who didn't have money, that are eating ramen, right? But they go and they give the $5 and that starts the cycle of generosity so that they can give and they were able to pay for this woman's gas. There was another one that at Home Depot, um, they were selling Christmas trees and the whole there's a family that was there and as they were there, the husband the dad realized that he had lost his wallet. And so his whole family was there, and they, wanted, they were ready to buy Christmas trees, and they weren't able to. But these college students who were broke, who were eating ramen, decided that they were going to pay for a Christmas tree for this family. That there are so many different stories that allowed for just, the, the, just the, the, the encouragement or the nudge towards generosity. And then after that, after those times, and then we all came back to In-N-Out nearby and just shared stories of what God had done that evening. And I had the opportunity to bring uh, me and a few guys, we went to a family of a gentleman who um, was terminally ill. He had two young boys, I believe they were 10 and 11. And so we used uh, money to just buy them. We're like, hey, what can we bring you? And they said, they want milkshakes. And so we, got, we brought the milkshakes. And so the gift wasn't in the milkshakes. The gift was in us being able to just see these boys as they're trying to wrestle with uh, the fact that their dad was passing away, to see him loving his kids, even though he was deathly ill. And our car, the, the guys that were with me, they were just radically changed by that. They wouldn't have had that conversation a family wouldn't have been able to get their Christmas tree. A, a family wasn't able to get gas. People wouldn't be able to get diapers. People wouldn't be able to get scantrons if there wasn't just the nudge towards generosity. So we're not asking for everything. And, and to be honest, we're not giving you money at the end of the service either to do it. Um, but, but with that said, let us continue to be a church that is generous. And let us be a church that follows up with the first century church, that no strings attached compassion and generosity become the hallmark of Pomerado Christian Church. That as we see needs, we meet them. And as we want to change our neighborhoods, may we go actively continue to find those needs. May we actively continue to pursue those needs, whether it's locally here, or whether it's with our missionary partners, or whatever it may be. But let us recognize that over the next seven days, we will have an opportunity to be generous. And you're going to recognize it because you're going to feel uncomfortable when it happens. And we just challenge you to take it. Challenge you to take that opportunity. Because we can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. And so as we close, the closing point on your notes, it just says main point on the bottom. And if there's nothing that you take from this sermon today, just write this down. We can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. Because by trying, it shows that we're the heart of his children who want to give back, who recognize all that he's done. And we want to give back to him. And it may just be as feeble as a, a couple of trinkets put up in a box, covered with a washcloth with a rubber band. But as we learned a few weeks ago, that whatever small gift that we can give back, Jesus can bless it. He can take it, he can bless it, he can break it, and he can multiply it. So we can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. Let's do our best to be a church, to be people that try our best to outgive God. Not because we know it's possible, but because we know the heart of our Father and that he has sons and daughters that are in this San Diego County and across the world that he wants to come to know him and we have the opportunity to help that to happen. We can't outgive God, but he loves it when we try. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, God, and, and Lord, I know, Talking about finances can be a tough conversation. I know that talking about generosity, we automatically can go towards all the reasons which we can't do it or the struggles we have. And so, Lord, I pray that everyone in this room receives this message not as a condemnation, not as a guilt trip, not as uh, an opportunity to, to be torn down. But, Lord, that we would receive this because we recognize that not all of us will be able to give huge acts of generosity this week. Maybe it's as simple as just buying a coworker a cup of coffee, or maybe it's as simple as um, just being able to care for someone that we know is struggling. But Lord, may you take those small acts that we provide, and may you take them, may you bless them, may you break them, may you multiply them, God. May we as a church come alongside the first century church, knowing that no strings attached compassion and generosity be what we are known for so that people would hear about the good works and the generous sacrificial generosity of the people here and that they wouldn't give Pomerado Christian Church credit but Lord that they would give you glory and that they would come into a right relationship with you so Lord do so much work in all of our lives that we hear this message well and that we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise that is due your name In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I'm going to ask the ushers to start coming forward, uh, to start handing out uh, the communion this morning. And I just want to go quickly back to that verse 15. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift, for his indescribable gift. And as we alluded to during the sermon, that is reminiscent, it reminds us, and it talks about thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. That that is the greatest gift he is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And so this morning, um, we take the bread. For those of us that call Jesus our Lord, and, and we call Pomerado Christian Church our home, uh, we take the bread that reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken. We take the cup that reminds us of his blood that was shed. And may you take just a few moments, not to feel like you have to take it right away, not to get in the routine of doing that, but to just thank God for his indescribable gift of Jesus Christ, who knew no sin but became sin, so we might be the righteousness of God, who God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And if you're here and you're not on that journey yet, you don't quite have a relationship with God, you're still learning, please feel free to to not take that. You don't have to feel pressured to do so. You're welcome to. And we would love to talk to you more about what that means. But let's take this time to commune. Let's take this time to thank God for his indescribable gift of Jesus Christ. And feel free to partake that as you feel led. All right. This morning, um, I hope that uh, honestly, I just hope the Lord uh, encourages you. I hope you don't. I hope you don't leave this place feeling there's an extra burden placed upon your shoulders, uh, but rather recognizing that God is the giver of all good gifts. If you are in a place where you are struggling uh, financially or struggling just in life, um, we're here. We can pray for you. We would love to pray with you. Uh, And again, this is not meant to be a, a adding a burden. It's meant to be recognized that the burden of generosity has been relieved because our God is generous and that he's able to give far more than we could ever hope for or imagine. And again, not that that's purely financial, but the blessings that we receive when we are generous like God are far greater than any financial bottom line that we can receive for those things as well. So I pray that as you leave this morning, may you leave uncumbered, unencumbered, May you leave encouraged, and may we leave with eyes to see opportunities to be generous so that we can be like God to those around us uh, in various different ways. Thank you all so much for coming. We'll continue our Changing Neighborhood series next week. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday.